Welcome to the Hard Water Fishing Show. Jeff and Jason talk tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We are alive, season six, episode four. It is the first week of November, twenty twenty-two. And Jason, it yes, was sir. almost seventy degrees at my house today. Yeah, very, very different weather from this time last year. It, it's it's crazy warm. We're but gonna beautiful. be talking about gear longer and, and yeah, <laughs> ice fishing gonna, a little later. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a really long prelude here to the ice fishing season. I fear we've had some. Remember, we had a year that we went after january on our hard water trip yes. and we weren't we were we had dicey ice on mm-hmm. uh, what lake were we on we were on that was a malax wasn't it no 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 Mm-mm. nope it was on the the two little lakes where we stay on the one lake and we go to the other lake through a channel and we couldn't go through the channel we had to take the car around mini wawa and mini wawa yeah. and yeah. big sand no we did fish, fish Big Sandy up there, too. Yep. Yeah, yep, but yep. we couldn't go through Minnewawa to Big Sandy via the channel because that was not open. iced. Oh, it was open. Yeah. And I don't remember what year that was, but this is starting to bring back those memories where we were spud barring yet on a, yes. on a pretty common lake pretty far north. Um, we're going to get fact-checked on this, though. Um, the channel was between Horseshoe and Minnewawa. We well, I fished- knew I- Oh, horseshoe. We fish Wawa. Big Sandy, which is right next to it. Well, it's but there's all, no channel. It's all one lake. It in is my not. Mind. It's in not. your mind. In your mind. I mean, there's lots of things that happen in your I mind. I never Jason. see it with snow, so I don't really know what's under the snow. Okay. There's a road, like a real road that you have to go over. We, we realize when I'm on a snowmobile, I see nothing really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just following the blur in front of me, hoping for the hmm. best. Hoping for the best situation. I, I'm thinking that maybe you shouldn't be driving a snowmobile, Jason. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's do fine. you see better when you drive a car? It's most of the time, unless it's raining on wet blacktop <laughs> at night. Then Is there anything worse than raining on wet blacktop? Forget about it. I'm, I'm really thankful of a couple of things now. You have the little lines they put in the roads all over up here, so it makes noises when you get off the, off the road, right? Yeah. It makes that bumping noise. And then also now they've got cars that will read the lines for you. Yes, I have that. It shakes my steering wheel. Yeah, but it's also helpful when you cannot see. Oh. You just. I don't think you're supposed to drive by those, though. Like when it vibrates (laughs) and you just turn to get in the lane. I don't think that's an acceptable way to. Don't make fun of my disability. (laughs) But but you know what those rumble strips are good for, Jason? Uh, Teasing your kids about, about farting. I can't say I've ever done that, Jeff. Oh my gosh, all the time. You just hit the drumble strip and you're like, oh, who did it? You know, when you're in the car. <laughs> it's dad humor at its best. Yeah, time to move on. <laughs> time to all move right. on. So, Jay, what are we talking about today? <laughs> we are talking about amp. We're talking about batteries, um, which is really exciting. And we have a special guest from Amped Outdoors on um, later on in the show. So stick with us, and you'll eventually get to some useful information. <laughs> and, and it's specifically around lithium batteries and kind of advancements yeah. over the lead-acid type. Yeah, which is really exciting. Because there's a lot of information out there in the world on this. But I, I think it's good, 
some time to talk to a professional and get off the Google. All right. So Jay. Thirsty, man. Yeah. Are you thirsty? Can I go first? Yeah, you can if you're thirsty. Thursday. You better I go. I don't even know what I'm <laughs> drinking. So I haven't read it. So believe it or not, I'm breaking here a little bit. I'm going a little bit more towards, I don't think it's Jeff's kind of beer, but it's a similar situation where it apparently has a story. Oh, I like a story. Tell me a story. So this is from an Iowa brewery, Single Speed Brewing Company, Single Speed, which I've had some of their beers, like uh, Single Speed Tricycle, for example, is a beer I actually like quite a bit. Oh, okay. And this is called Gable, and it's a Munich-style Hellies. Sure. Not sure what that means. It's a light it's beer. brewed in Iowa. It's actually brewed about 30 minutes from where I live. Gable. And some people already know probably what I'm talking about. Gable, one word can say so much. In our city, few words, if any, resonate with the force Gable does. In com- commemoration of his Olympic-style triumph in Munich, 1972, we've crafted a beer that is much more approachable than the adversaries found Dan to be on the mat. Clean, crisp, and gold, we can't think of a more fitting tribute. So Dan Gable. He was a wrestler. Cool. Excellent. And a coach for a lot of years. Oh, yeah, that's good. I like that quite a bit. Yeah, that's kind of... I like that in the summer, uh, Helly's, like... uh, they're good, light beer. Has some flavor. Yeah, that's right at my aisle. I mean, that's that's right, right in my, right in my line here. No carpet. No carpet. No, because it said lager. Yes. So I was, I thought I was good, and uh, yeah, it's great beer. And they had a sing, they had singles at the gas station, so that was <laughs> sweet too. Like, what's this? Ooh, I haven't seen this one before, so. Well, Very cool. We, we were in Wisconsin last weekend, right, Jay? Yeah, we were. And we ran into some false advertising. We did. So, yeah, there we were, minding our own business, looking for a hamburger. And there was a little bar in Wisconsin that had an old-style sign out front. And I'm like, sweet, I can get old-style. And we, no old-style. So, very disappointed. They had the sign, no beer. I know. Well, they I had just, other beer, just not that beer. Yeah, but not old style. Like, why do you have an old style sign outside if you don't have old style? Like, make an effort, people. <laughs> Very disappointing. And we had some microwave uh, hamburgers. and They weren't yeah. bad for microwave hamburgers. I mean, they weren't microwave. They were that, like, food cooker thing. I don't know what they call it, but it's not a microwave. But Yeah. It's like Magic Chef or something. Like, yeah, it like was. Like in the Jetsons where they cook food out of a box. But it was, but it, you know, for food, I, I was hungry, so it didn't matter. Same here. I mean, I've nuked stuff in a microwave at a gas station. My standards are low. <laughs> that was next. We would have been a quick trip. <laughs> it was coming there next. Yeah. All right. I'm getting thirsty now. We've been talking a while, but I'm I'm feeling very like positive right now, Jason. Can you feel my are vibes? You? Yeah. Did you get a, did you get a Powerball ticket for 1.2 billion? No, I didn't get no, a Powerball. I did. Issue. Anyway, that we'll talk about that later. All Go right. ahead. Are you going to fund the show with that? If I win $1.2 billion, we're going to have some hard water fishing show events, nice. man. Nice. We're going to have a right. fleet of snow bears. So so on that popularity, you know, I'm still on my Texas beer tour mm-hmm. week four. So I have a beer called Optimism Hazy IP Indian Pale Ale. God, hazy Extra shag carpet. We're talking the oh. thick stuff from the cell. Oh, I thought it said that on the can. No, 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 <laughs> no. 
It's good though. You just Jason's not into it. So no. It says description: citrusy with tropical fruit notes and a soft and balanced bitterness. And it Is lists it? the types of hops: Simcoe, Syrah, Citro, and you cannot. You cannot drink this without <laughs> thinking it's carpet. Uh, it's one pint. A pint. There's a canned on date, but there's actually no date. Just a canned on, and it's blank. Uh oh. What does that mean? I don't know. There's two hedgehogs having a drink. What do hedgehogs have to do with beer? I don't know. There are two hedgehogs. They have hedgehogs in Texas. Yeah, it's true. Here we go. I am thirsty. Mmm, tasty. You always say that to dank, musty beers. It does not say dank. There's no dank on here. (laughs) Yeah, because their editor said you use that last beer. You got to come up with a new name. All right, so now that I have a drink, I can talk again and move on on to patrons. So just want to say a shout-out to all of our patrons. Thank you for support. We appreciate you paying for things to host our website and those kinds of things. So Very much so. We appreciate it. It makes it just a little bit easier to not spend money to do our hobby, right? (laughs) Like, I mean, we maybe break even, maybe not, but, but it still helps subsidize it, if nothing else. So thank you. And also show business, uh, we have our Amazon affiliate link. If you happen to find a product we talk about, you can see that on our website and we get a few cents back to help support the show. Gear, um, you can get sweatshirts, t-shirts, hats, that kind of stuff. Oh, well, maybe not hats. Maybe I'm wrong on hats. But you can get gear, <laughs> hardware show merch, and that's link is on our website. Also, best place to interact with us on social media is Instagram and Facebook. We do have a TikTok. I need to do more than create one TikTok ever. Did you create a TikTok already? I did. It's out there. I don't have a TikTok account. Well, you got to have it. I don't know if you even need one. I heard you don't need one. No, not to view. Yeah. No. You send me so the I, link. I'll send you the link. I'll watch it. It's our logo with the ice fishing song in the background. Nice. Yeah. We'll get more. I have a, I have a video of me fishing in the mall. I wanted to do one of that. So Okay. That's good. I like it. Keep it up. Uh, you can find our website at hardwatershow.com. We have a YouTube page that Jason now has visited. but we I have. Put some stuff there. And you can email us at hardwatershow at gmail.com. And we have our link tree, HWFS, which is just a quick way to find all of our links. So you Lovely. Can, if you know what link tree is, then you know how to find us. Fact checks. Apparently, we were all right, or nobody fact-checked us last time. Yeah, I mean, I guess if we don't get any fact-checks, we assume we were 100% correct. So if, we not, if we're not fact-checked by the next show, any information we presented in the previous show stands. It's now yep. irrefutable. Irrefutable. <laughs> <laughs> I hereby declare it's irrefutable if not, not challenged prior to the next show. That's a ruling or a bylaw that, of the That's a bylaw. Show? Yeah, you, yeah, so... You know, if you don't listen cl- quick enough, you, you can't put this stuff off or whatever drivel we say will just be the truth. Pretty soon a lazy Ike and a Cyclops change things and that's just the way it is. I know. Not even close <laughs> to each other. Good Lord. They're both lures. True. They One has two hooks, one has one hook. But anyway, I digress. All right. So listener news and current events. So a couple of current events, Jay. This was a little big. The... Red Lake Walleye, uh, they changed 
down to a three bag limit instead of a four, which they'd have had in the past. So you get to keep three fish instead of four walleyes. So for our outside of Minnesota fisher people, Red Lake is just a real popular destination. Early ice, I would say probably throughout the winter, but early ice in way northern Minnesota-ish. When you drive up in the middle of winter, that place is not scenic. It's not in the middle of winter. I mean, right. yes. I'm sure people love it, and I'm not yes. knocking it. But when you say, okay, I want to go see beautiful scenery, Red Lake is not your destination. No, probably not. But it's if just you like, want to catch fish. It's apocalyptic almost it in is. the winter. It, it is. If you want to catch fish, though, that's a good <laughs> you place You should to absolutely go. go. It's a heck of a fishery. Absolutely. And, and early ice, it seems to be one of the first lakes that freezes that you can get out. Yeah. It's an, I mean, We don't have to go too far, but it's interesting lake to fish because it's not a lot of features. So you kind of just, it's just a big bowl. There's not a lot of features, so it's hard to find structure and find them. But, but the fish are there. So you get three walleyes, one longer than 17. They basically said it's really healthy. They said last year it was actually even healthier, so they had four bag limit. But this year it's still good, so they're letting you keep three walleyes in that lake. Well, when we do early ice in February, we can hit it. Yeah, early ice in February, yeah. <laughs> I mean, typically, honestly, at Thanksgiving sometimes they're ice fishing, and that's yeah. only three weeks it's away. It's not going to happen. No, it's, it's just We would have to go into the absolute deep freeze. Yeah, it's going to so. get colder, but it was, it was, it's been this warm all week, at least. Here. Yeah. In Minnesota, state hybrid sunfish was caught the record. That's one, awesome. One pound, 12 ounces. What a tank. Just an absolute toad. And that was caught in Candy, Ohio County, which tied. So it wasn't like a new record. It just tied a record. So I don't know wow. if that's like as big as they get. They don't go to 13 ounces. I really don't know. But that was caught in the Zumbro River in 1994. Hmm. So it's been a record for a long time. That's pretty awesome. And then someday we'll have to prove this. Did you, there's a website that you can look at all the state fishing records. Really? Yeah. So I we'll have to we'll have to look through that sometime. You know, we should look through that, and we can we can. Does it? It doesn't go by like. Does it? Well, I haven't looked at it. Have you? I've looked at it. But does it, it tell was, you how they were caught? Like summer, winter, no. whenever? Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't list like date of catch. Nope. Really? It does I, make the date of catch. Well, then you, I think if, what, if you knew date of catch, then you could somewhat ferret out. Is it ice true. fishing? It would do water. maybe data catch. I don't. I think you're right. So we, what I'm saying, we could try. We could try to mine it for interviews. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked to the. Te- yeah, that's right. They'll be like, "Leave me alone! Stop asking me." I know, right? I'm just saying. You know, sometimes you got to start being innovative here. So what's will- a, what? What is a high Jeff? You had a question on this, right? From a, from a pretty important person. So my they asked mom, you about this. My your mom. mom texted me. She actually told me about the story also, but it's, it's I'm glad your mom's out there doing research for you. She is. Yeah. It's awesome. Like, yeah, so we had to look it up cuz I mean, I, I had wasn't theories. Totally sure. Yeah, we had theories. Um, but we looked it up. So what did it say, Jay? A hybrid bluegill is a cross between a male bluegill and a female green sunfish. This particular cross produces a fish with a large mouth of the sunfish and the aggressiveness of the bluegill, which enables the fish to grow faster and larger than the common. So basically, yeah, they do that. You, they're stocked. They're very rare that they ever produce naturally out in the wild. Um, and they're really good for ponds and fisheries. It's kind of a put and take fish. They grow real fast. So it's a way to, to really get some game fish in a pond quick. 
Yeah, the website we looked at, you could buy 25 of them. I think you get them mailed to you. Yeah, they, they, you can buy the they have fish days at the local fleet farm. You can go buy fish and chuck them oh. in your pond. But these things grow fast. Like they can grow up to a half to three quarters of a pound per season. Wow. Well, I mean, I, don't, I grow faster than that per season. <laughs> <laughs> I think my uh, average is about uh, five to 10. Jason, are we talking about, about like, a square block of cheese, like a cheese wedge, or like just like a person with pillows with legs, a pillow with legs, <laughs> pillow with legs. Yeah. Yep, pillow with legs. All right, moving on. But anyway, right. so that's a green sunfish. And then Matt sent us some information. Uh, Matt, thanks, listener. Matt. Yeah, thanks, Matt. He listened to episode three. Thank you about ice shacks, and he has some more information about having an ice runner shack, which we talked about. But none, Jason, and I don't have one, so he does. Yeah, and he said it looks like a great house for the money. Insulation seems warm. Buttons in the poles are a little stiff. Plenty of room to fish. Likes the windows. Thinks the skylight is weird, which we agree. Um, and fits in the trunk of a Volkswagen Jetta. You don't need a truck to go ice fishing. That's what he says. That's pretty sweet. First two-man flip I found that fits in a car. And, and a Jetta is not a big car. At least they weren't back when I saw one. So I don't think they've gotten a ton bigger. They're kind of a innocuous sedan so i almost bought one did you recently they're cheap like uh they're like twenty one thousand dollars now that sounds like yeah. a lot of money but that's a Not brand new car, car. world that's matt, a brand new car matt's a very frugal individual so i appreciate that he's got his volkswagen got his ice runner and he's gonna be out catching fish which is sweet so there's kind of a fact check here yeah so maybe we're wrong it's kind of a maybe, fact check jay we might have been Free shipping, according to him, does not apply to the Ice Runner Fish Houses. Their website is a bit misleading. So boo to them for that. But you can find them from the ice show. I saw them at the ice show last weekend, and they were there. And you can get them there without shipping, right? Yeah, absolutely. The next person, Thomas, sent us a message. He is looking for a under $300 flasher. You responded, I responded, so we had different perspectives on this. We so. did. We did. I um, I suggested he goes to the, the Markham M1 compared to... So the two things he was considering were the Garmin Striker and the Markham M1. And I steered him towards the Markham if he's not going to use the, the ice fish finder, depth finder, whatever you call them these days, for open water. If he was just looking specifically for ice fishing, I'm like, go with the flasher, the dedicated flasher. And, and I think you won't have any friends when you buy Markhams because all your Vexilar friends leave you away because it blows up their screens like no tomorrow. That's making your... That, that's just nonsense. <laughs> How many friends did you have when you had your Markham? Go you guys, fish with Jeff. You Go away. Put a, you put a hit out on my Markham. <laughs> yeah, because somebody stole it. So some guy's... Making his friends mad for free, anyways. I guess I'm still so. looking for that thing. If I ever find out who took that, when you move in 20 years, it's just going to show up. I'm going to find it in the corner of the garage. I've <laughs> been wrong. All the that's not an un, un you know that's a it is a possibility. <laughs> You've been blaming you know some for years person, some, some misguided youth or something. You know. So I had a different take on this. I kind of did a little more research. So under $300, Jay, there's not a lot out there. So there are if you go, like Markham's got a bunch of refurbished ones on their website. Well, I mean, I went for like what you can go find, right? So you okay. can either not have friends and get a Markham M1. 
I mean, if you solo fish all the time, you're good. There's a couple. So I cheated. The Hummingbird is 35. You have the 45, which is the next model up. But it was... No, I have the 55. Oh, that's even the more expensive one. So I have the Ice 35. I really like it. It, I found it for 344 on Amazon. I don't know. Maybe you can find it for 300 if you search for some cheapness, right? I like it because the screen's bigger. It's quieter. It has a zoom. Uh, it doesn't See, come with a case, though. But I'm, I'm going to flame you a little bit on this deal. You did. You? It's a pet peeve of mine, what you did. What? I'm feeling grumpy tonight. It's a pet peeve. So the guy comes to you and says, what can I get for under 300? And you said, nothing. Here, buy this thing that's over 300 because it's better. You might as well have said, well, why don't you just get a Garmin Pen Optics? Because that's a whole, you know, with LiveScope. Because that's a whole lot of, better. That's, that's a whole thousands lot. Thousands of dollars. doesn't matter. The guy had a budget and he immediately blew it. So don't get a cheeseburger one day and you can get the Ice 35. One I mean, 40, you're eating while well, you live in the city's area. You are probably buying $45 cheeseburgers. So I, I'm just saying I would consider it. I would <laughs> highly consider it. You can be mad at me, Jay, and say, no, I just, budgets. I just, you know, I, it's a, that's a, just a pet peeve of mine. It, it, it's a little soapboxy today, but you know, someone asks a question people don't answer it. They're like, Oh, tell me what you think about the Markham M1. And you're like, well, I have no personal experience with it, but it sucks. And you should use this other thing. But I do have personal experience with it. It, it. I've seen it. It worked. The screen looks very nice, but you, you need go. to look at it a hundred yards from your friends because their stuff won't work. No, not if they have newer stuff. Uh not if you have a three hundred dollar flasher, it won't work. <laughs> as long as your buddies have the thousand dollar flasher, you're in good shape. You are right. You're there. Right. You go. It it even screws with my hummingbird a little bit. I remember. I mean, it wasn't as bad as those Vexlers, which made them unusable. But yeah. All right. So, are you over your grumpiness about me recommending a three hundred and forty dollars flasher? I think you got to answer the question that was asked, which is, what's the best flasher for under three hundred dollars? I think you could find one for under three hundred dollars. I paid less than that for mine, but it was ten years ago. It was, yeah, (laughs) more maybe. Yeah, it might be more, but I think you can find one for three hundred dollars. I really think if you scrounge the deals, look at the refurbished sites, whatever. Um, well, and the one thing is, like, if you buy a Hummingbird or even a Vexlar, so every one of these companies on these flashers still service them for the most part, that I'm, they, as far as I'm aware. So you can take a flyer even on a used one, I think, and your downside usually isn't more than 100 bucks. worst case scenario. And I bet you if you bought a used Hummingbird Ice 35, it's going to be way cheaper than, like, a FL8 used. FL8s yeah, don't... Reduce in price. They're three hundred dollars or two sixty used. I know, I know they are. Yeah, you're literally and, better off and buying honestly, a new one. You know, the if you're really worried about your this interference issue, the, the striker, Garmin striker is a good, a good unit too. So, so yeah, so I listed Hummingbird Ice Thirty Five as my best entry level because that's what I have and I really like it. Uh, FL Eight is good, which was. Two ninety nine on the Shields website, even though it's listed at three. God, the, the definition on that FL eight compared to even the Markham M one. There's just no contest there. I agree, but it catches a fish. You can see the fish, and you can catch the fish. Granted, begrudgingly. I, mean, I, I know what you're saying, though. Yes, your Markham had very clear definition. It was in another level. 
um, yeah. even more than my hummingbird. Yeah. The hummingbird actually is bigger, so I feel like it's it's like the same resolution on a bigger screen, so the pixels look bigger. Kind of. it's not yeah, pixels, I but I agree. But that's kind of how it works. I'm thinking about going back to Markham, but that's a different story for a different day. I, I feel like that's a Kilby problem. I mean, your brother <laughs> bought one last year. I know. And I'm like, why would you buy that? Like, because they 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 work really well. As long as you don't have anything else, that's a you problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as long as you fish with Kilbys, you'll be fine with your Markhams. Yep. Strike race for I don't know. I mean, I think I just listed your Markham M1 on the bottom out of spite and mostly because everybody hates you when you have one because it blows up. Fuck. <sighs> Let it go. Let it but go. But it'll work. I mean, I wouldn't say don't buy one if that's all you can get, right? I think you're over. I think you're over exaggerating it. I actually, I'm being silly about it, but I don't think I'm over exaggerating. If you fish next to an FL8 with a Markham M1, that person with the FL8 might as well throw it out the window because it doesn't work. Well, it's because they're using old, outdated technology. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, I'm saying I'm not understating how bad it is for a Vexlar person when they have a Markham person next to them. I actually think you could use it as a strategy during an ice fishing tournament. <laughs> There's no way anybody showing up to an ice fishing tournament with any one of these flashers. They've got no, not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, it's, these are yeah. plenty fine, but yeah, there's you know, but Markham M one's a heck of a system for for, for three hundred bucks. I'm not disagreeing with you if they figured out how to not kill everybody else. Got a bottom zoom, split screen. Yeah, they, they it has way more. Bottom, it's got it. bottom lock. I mean, it's got Definitely. all the things you want. Yeah, lots of power. Brushless display. It's quiet. It's not. Yeah, I see long. the hummingbirds the same way. It's like that. It's quiet, right? You hear mm -hmm. those vexlars fire up, and you're like. Yeah, you can't even hear yourself think. <laughs> well, you just get yourself a uh, one of those going, and you get your your uh, Mister Heater cooker on high, and then and your you lantern. Might as well have your lantern out. <laughs> and it sounds like you're in a jet airplane. I know. Uh, all all right. right. Did we talk about this one enough? Hopefully, I think, Thomas I think we have got, completely beat this one to death. You think Thomas got something out of this, or did we? Well, just I also know that Thomas mentioned that he's learning things he didn't know, which we do too. So good for good for us. <laughs> so we appreciate the question, even if we disagree on the outcome. We certainly do. Uh, fishing report. Well, we, we technically have one, but we went fish. So Jeff and I, you want to say, tell them what we did? Yeah, I think you should. Yeah, we, we were we've been itching to go fishing, and so we went to a float on the Mississippi, the Alma float. And so what a float is? What these floats are is essentially some guy somehow. We still haven't figured out what the re, how they get permission to do this. There's three of them that I know of, at least kind of in our river area. Um, this one's the furthest north for me, so that's, of course, the one Jeff wanted to go to. And um, <laughs> basically, there's these pilings out on the river just below the dam, and they put a big dock system out there and tie a couple houseboats to it. And then they ferry you back and forth from, this one was the Wisconsin side of the river, to the float, and you fish on the float. It's a pretty sweet deal, really, for just like low-key, relaxing fishing. There's a little bait shop out there we could get our bait right there there's benches to sit on it was a beautiful day on the river the fishing you know jeff how many fish did you catch zero zero how many fish did your kid catch zero yeah my kid didn't catch any fish either i did catch a fish 
One fish. <laughs> I was not skunked. Yeah. I outfished you 100%. I, I thought we were group fishing, so I, I counted that as we caught a fish. <laughs> we caught a fish. We caught a fish. <laughs> we did. So I think this is a really good example, though, of some of the things we've talked about. Where I didn't catch a fish, but we caught a fish. So we weren't doing it right. We weren't doing it right. So it's kind of one of those things where you ha- every area – Everything you do seems to have a nuance. Like there's some basic things that hold. Yeah. But in this case, there was a nuanced thing. It was um, talk to a gentleman. I'm not When I'm not catching fish, I only have so much of a tolerance before I start stalking people around me to see what they're doing and seeing if they're – and I'm like laser beaming to see if they're catching fish or not. So if they Jason are. Jason was going in the river because somebody got mad at him or he was going to find out how yeah. to catch the oh, fish. Yeah, I'm oh, pretty, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty subtle about it, you know. I'm trying to be he's, polite. He's there fishing, and all of a sudden, you just show up next to him. Oh, hello. yeah, yeah, hello. <laughs> he's like, "Where did you come from?" You know, I, it comes back to if you if you approach people right, everybody wants to tell you what they're doing. They really do. You know, um, for the most part, people are usually I find them very approachable when you do it the right way. So this guy was great. He was incredibly, you know, he first he wouldn't talk to me. It took a little bit for him to warm up, but. When he did, you know, when he started catching fish again, he sh- was happy to share how he, what he was doing. So we're on the river. There's some bit of current. Um, and he was just using a, a little a hook. A go- it had to be a gold hook. The specificity is always what kills me. A gold hook with a with a red bead, wasn't it, Jeff? Orange. orange an bead. orange bead. A bright gold hook with an orange bead and a one-ounce flat sinker with a line with that the line could go through. So he'd cast it out, and then so that sinker is, you know, there's a, a swivel or whatever, and then the line and the hook, so about a foot of that for, to the hook from the sinker. And so you'd cast it out, it'd sit on the bottom, and you'd kind of jig it slowly back towards you, and the bottom was real hard packed because it's right below a dam. And what was what happened, why it worked, is it kept the bait right on the bottom where the fish were hanging out out of the current, and when the fish would take the minnow, it would pull the line back through the weight. No res- with little resistance because that weight's got a hole in it. So the weight would stay put and it would take it. And that's different than a three-way rig where when the fish takes the bait, it still has, you know, eventually and more quickly, it has the drag of the, of the weight. Sure. So made perfect sense once I saw it. I'm like, oh, I like that. It, it was kind of like a Lindy almost. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of like a Lindy, except just sitting on the bottom of the river. Yeah. But that's what he was doing. Yeah, he had, a, he had a fair amount of fish, like probably oh, he a basket full. Catching I don't some know. really, really nice perch. Yes, really like twelve inch perch. So and Jason caught one. I caught one, but I, you know, proof of concept. I didn't quite have the gear, so I had some random big sinker, and I killed the Lindy rig in my box. I didn't have a gold hook, so I mean, I was kind of. I suspect there are times when the fish bite a bit more than they were. On, on so Sunday. the float, the next float down the river, I saw a fishing report on that one, Jeff, and they hammered them all weekend on, on walleyes. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so we'll go we to chose, that one next time. We chose poorly. <laughs> yeah. I just Googled go. river float, and that was the first one that came but, up. But, you know, what a nice – so the reason we did the float is I had already put my boat – I put my boat away Saturday. And Jeff's was already in storage, and it was just such a beautiful day. So I think I'd try this again, like in a nice early spring day before the boats come out, and because um, they open in March. 
Well, and, and the thing is, it was actually the most like ice fishing without being ice fishing because you're on this platform walking yeah. around just kind of fishing, right? I mean, it's not you're not in a boat, you're not in shore, you're just out on the water fishing. I almost wondered about you could really make people think you're nuts if you brought like your Vexlar out or your, you know, your flasher. You could. It would Because people were fishing right over the side. It absolutely would work. You're in 15 feet of water. I don't know why it wouldn't work. Yeah, I mean, you can only go where the thing goes, but it was big. I mean. Oh, yeah. Plenty I mean, of surface. Yeah. I so, mean, yeah. We, we were four people on there. Was there maybe a half dozen people on this thing that probably could hold hundreds? Yeah, it was their last last day of the season. But it was a bonus day with the way the weather's been. Moving on to gear, there was a couple little gear notes I put in here, Jay. Okay. The thing that I wanted to note here was I watched some clam stuff, and we talked about Ajax last time. And we've talked about the side door shacks having an extra pole I have to deal with. On some yes. Shacks. So clam said they don't have extra poles to deal to do the side steps. So what they did was instead of making a pole that flips up from the floor for the front, okay, they have like a shorter pole that comes off one of the longer ones that kind of holds that makes it taller. So they they didn't add another pole. Is is why their their design this year was different than everybody else's design for a okay. floor shack. Well, I think um, <clears throat> you know one thing I'd like to try this year when we go to the St. Paul Ice Fishing Show. It's not just looking at some of these shacks, but I think we need to take them down. Yeah, I think they'll let us do that. Like, let's yeah. fold this. Let's fold this baby up. Let's put some stopwatches on this. It, it depends, I think, on what time you're talking about. If it's Saturday where you can barely breathe because there's so many people in there, I don't know how you're going to. That do might that be the best day. time to do it. By the time they knew you took the thing down, they wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> they couldn't get to you because you have to <clears throat> swim through the twenty yeah. deep line of I people know. trying to check out. We could have con- we could have a race. Like we could get the Eskimo guys against the clam guys. Who's faster? That would be f- pretty funny, actually. We and if it was just a that. little more comedy than it was actual seriousness, I mean, that would be good. I mean, it'd be a good race. It would be. We could. We'll have to. We'll have to see if we can make that happen. We could video it. I mean, we could do our own checks on the ice. What do you but have? You don't have a flip over. I do. It's a one man. That doesn't even have poles that extend. It just flips. Yes, I know. I'd, be, I'd win every time. I would be like, Jason would be like, I'd be like, okay, I'm done. And you'd still be f- 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 fidgeting with I would poles, be. Which I is why I like. I don't want to play this game. Which is why I like those one-man ones for super run and gun, right? Because you can just literally flip it over. Does anyone even make one of those anymore? Clam, the new clam ones are not like that anymore. They were last year. Yeah. But so they, that's that's gone by the wayside too now, right? But they do have them. You can find one. I'm sure one of the other manufacturers still has one. Okay. But Clam was one of the final ones that was holding on to that. The original Clam design that invented the flip over shack, Dave Gens, didn't have any adjustments, right? It was just, it was flip, a seat. Flip, flip over and go. That was it. So I think he wanted that for a long time. So. Hmm. Okay. All right. So that was the gear thing I put in there. Um, I'm sure we'll have more gear as it comes around. Um, I was at a show this weekend and saw some a few interesting things, but I think we'll hold off and talk about that next show. Oh, you're not going to talk about any of that. Okay. Keep us. Well, I just I wasn't ready. No, that's all right. You percolate on it. Yeah. Jay, I think that gets us ready for our topic. 
Our topic tonight is we're going to talk about lithium batteries, and we have Matthew from Amped Outdoors. All right, well, we want to welcome Matthew from Amped Outdoors to the podcast tonight. Welcome, Matthew. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Yeah, pretty excited to get this ice fishing season kicked off. It's going to be a big year. I know we are. We started earlier on recording, I think, than we ever have. So I think we're, yeah. we're pretty jazzed up to get going. So yeah, sure. nice little, nice little cold, cold snap will do that. It's it's never fun starting an ice season, especially when you get into November and you get 60, 70 degree weather. So having that little cold I snap know. will do that. Well, Matthew, why don't you, can you tell us a little bit about Amped Outdoors, what you guys do? So we have listeners all across the country. And so Depending on where people are at, I don't know if you guys are, are all in the across the whole ice belt or the whole country or not. So feel free to tell us a little bit about your about your uh, business. Yeah, absolutely. So Amped Outdoors, we're based out of Hudson, Wisconsin. So kind of like to say it's the center of the ice belt in a way. I mean, we're three to four hours away from some of the most you know amazing ice fishing lakes or reservoirs or wherever you ice fish um you know we're we're close to to a lot of people uh in the ice industry so um that's you know that's one nice thing we're, we're located here we understand what ice fishing is about <laughs> uh we we do enough of it and just centrally located located here it's easy to produce a product test the product um for this industry so we started off back in 2018 as uh, when we went live to the public we developed you know, before that, obviously, but I uh, went live February 2018. And we're one of the first lithium battery companies out there to really designate product or develop product for the ice fishing angler. And, um, you know, specifically in lithium batteries, I sell some other stuff, ice fishing jigs and all that just that's just the complimentary thing that we've been doing for a while and kind of expected now from from a lot of our customers, but uh, but we, our primary focus is lithium batteries, really creating some of the, the, the most user-friendly, highest capacity, longest lasting, you know, um, batteries out there. And others have, have tried it prior to us. Um, and I think price point was kind of off. So we wanted to make something affordable. And, you know, we, we got into it, I think, right at the right time, you know, as soon as, as lithium batteries started to become popular. And I think we, we contributed a lot to that, to making the technology popular, just to really give an ice angler or, you know, open water angler just a better experience out in the water. So, so why would I want a lithium battery? Walk me through it. So if I'm sitting there with Jeff and we're in the ice shack, I'm like, man, you got to hear about these lithium batteries. What? What should be my selling points to say these are the these are the thing to do? Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the things one of the worst things about going out in the ice, especially first time of the year, and if you've got an older battery or you know you probably have all had experience with standard lead acid batteries, you just didn't know what to expect, right? Especially that first time out. So if that battery sat incorrectly during an off season, you go out there and you're out for 15 minutes and your flasher fishing electronics die, it kind of and it deadens that, you know, that rush you had to get out in the water for the first time. I actually had that happen. Yeah, that's a yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens to a lot of people, um, you know, including myself. And that, that's kind of why we started this, because, you know, I have a lot of technical, you know, backgrounds, uh, you know, as far as electronics um, and batteries. So we we started creating this technology that is is pretty much it's it's more so foolproof. Um, you know, they can withstand more abuse and lead acid based products. The uh, lithium 
I mean, they last significantly longer, but um, we build a product that, that people can really rely on. So, you know, you take it out and you, you just know it's going to work, right? And we were able to size them correctly. So that way electronics have evolved so much. I mean, you could go out with a flasher and, you know, go three, four days without having to charge your battery. And now, you know, with, with live technology and large screens, I mean, people are, are struggling to get three, four hours out of, out of a battery you know, with standard lead acid mm-hmm. batteries and these high oh, yeah. electronics. So you come out with, with, with some of the new lithium technologies that they just last so much longer per charge. I mean, I have some that in a Vexlar could last you over 120 hours, you know, per charge. So, you know, it, it's pretty crazy there. So it's just something, you know, you want a lithium battery for reliability, but a lot of times too, uh, you want to pack light, especially first ice, or if you're hole hopping 150, you know, to, to 500 holes a day, you know, wh- whatever you choose to do, uh, having a lighter technology um, in your fishing electronics and lightening your load just really make that experience a lot better. And that, that's where lithium, I mean, standard lead-based product is about five to six pounds where, you know, I've got one in my hands right now that that weighs under two pounds. And, and you put that in a and a Vexlar, um, you know, you're taking a, a seven to eight pound ice fishing piece of electronics and, and with the lithium battery in it, I mean, you're, you're looking at a three, four pound piece of uh, piece of electronics you're carrying around. And it's just a, a lot easier on your arms, you know, especially if you're hole hopping all day long or, you know, want to, uh, you're out in deep snow and you're trenching all this product out. You do want to, you know, lighten your load as much as you possibly can. And that's where lithium really, you know, comes in handy. We, we've talked about that on this show a couple of times, haven't we, Jeff, about going lightweight, what that means and how you cut down on weight. Especially early season, right? So, you know, later season, you might be able to get your machine out there and you can have a big sled and a big shack and stuff. But early ice, I mean, you're trying to go light because you got to walk out there a lot of times and uh, there could be snow out there. So, yeah, I agree that the, the weight is a big deal. Uh, I know for me, a few years ago, I moved off of my... I had a hummingbird flasher and I moved on to the Helix one that comes off my boat. I moved that on there and I really noticed you you had to upgrade the battery because that Helix 7 will chew through a battery, a lead acid battery pretty quick. Yeah, Helix. Yeah, Helix is one of the first ones that come out with that larger digital screen or you know, where you saw people adapting that over in the ice. And, you know, we a few years ago came out with a 12 amp hour battery and then you know, that would give somebody instead of five to six hours on the ice, it'd give them 15, right? Now we have the 15 amp hour battery and it'll give you closer to 20 hours of operation. So, I mean, that's, that's at least one or two days and still in a, in a form factor or small form factor and three pound, right? Three pounds. So you're going to save two to three pounds just in your, in your fishing electronics for that Helix 7. So how should people think about sizing the batteries? Like how, how do they know what size, is it pretty comparable far as what you would need in lead acid you could use in a lithium or a little smaller lithium, or how do you know which battery to get for your electronics? Yeah, that's a great question because it's misconception that if you had a nine amp hour battery in your, in your fishing electronics, you got to go larger and that's not necessarily the case. So lead acid batteries have about a 50% efficiency rating. So if you take your your nine amp hour lead acid battery out when it's brand new, um, you usually get maybe four and a half five amp hours out of that before you get you know the low voltage alarm on your electronics, and it's just the you know efficiency rating of that technology. Where lithium are a hundred percent efficient, so 
Um, I have a seven and a half amp hour battery here that really almost give me 50% more operating time than a nine amp hour battery. So, you know, with, you take that consideration, it's like, well, then what size do I really need? It can be kind of confusing, right? So um, one thing that we did is we've come out with an operating time chart and we put it right on the front page of our, of our website at, at uh, ampedoutdoors.com. And we also okay. have them in our retailers, you know, Thorne, Reed, Shields, um, they all have this operating time chart up. So you can take, you know, your piece of electronics, say a Helix 7, and, um, you know, it'll tell you that you'll get, you know, up to 10 hours on a seven and a half amp hour battery, or it'll give you up to 20 hours on a, on a 15 amp hour battery. So it really helps you kind of size which battery you need for your, your piece of fishing electronics based on your piece, based on how you're using it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a big thing too. You talked about capacity because it's a weight capacity thing. Cause sometimes we'll be ice fishing and we'll go in at the night and you can plug it in. But sometimes you're out all night or you're camping or you're maybe where you're not around electricity. So it does help to have that longer runtime. So you can maybe last the whole weekend with that unit versus you get the first day. And then what do you do? You drag two batteries with you or something like that, where, you know, you could, if you can get a little bigger battery, you could go the whole weekend, even with a Helix seven. Absolutely. Yeah. You see a lot of, a lot of times people go out, you know, Lake of the woods and, uh, in a sleeper shack or something, they don't have access to charge your batteries. Yeah, so be able to size that correctly. And even with with Garmin, Lorance, and, and Hummingbird coming out with these units that are drawing, you know, 10 times what a, a traditional fl- a flasher would, you know, we have small form factor batteries up to 48 amp hours that'll give you, you know, <laughs> three, four days of, <laughs> of fishing out in the ice. So, Whoa. yeah, we kind of came out with a, a full selection of, of products, you know, based on your needs, how you're going to be using them. You know, everybody is going to be a little bit different. I know a lot of times people will buy whatever their buddy has, but uh, I like to uh, I like to educate as much as possible, or I put as much information in front of the consumers. So that way, they can they can really decide what what technology is is going to be best for their needs. Now they use different chargers, right, than a standard lead acid. Yeah, and, it, and it's getting a little bit more complex. Um, so you know, for the longest time. You know, Vexlar, for example, they came out with a lithium battery and, you know, they were using their standard lead acid based chargers for them. And, and a lot of times lead acid battery chargers will charge a lithium battery, but I tell people, um, try not to use it unless, you know, it's in a, you're in a pinch, right? You forget your lithium charger, you got to charge your battery. The only thing available to you is a lead, lead acid charger. Yeah. Then use it. The problem with lead acid based chargers is that they're you know, they're made for lead acid batteries, which are a lot different than lithium, um, slightly different voltage. So you may not always get a full charge. Um, and we've even found like with the, with the Vexlar charger on a lithium battery, unless that lithium battery is below about 50% capacity, it still thinks it's full. So it doesn't charge it. Okay. So yeah, it's a minimal investment. Um, and it, you know, one thing I always recommend too, is, is know what type of lithium battery you're buying there you know, now that lithium is becoming more and more popular, you see a lot of companies offering them out there. Um, and they're not always offering the same type of lithium, right? So, um, you know, you might go to a, to a store shelf and see, you know, two 15 amp hour batteries right next to each other. Um, ours is 12.8 volts and our competitors is 11.1 volt. Their charger won't work with ours and vice versa. So, um, you know, based on what battery or lithium battery you buy, always buy the recommended charger for that battery. The advantage of that is you're 
guaranteed it's going to work with that battery. You're going to get a full charge. Um, and you just don't want to be let down. Like if I try to use an 11.1 volt charger on my batteries, it, it'll only charge the battery up maybe 20%. So, um, you know, that just leads in a, in, in a customer disappoint. So I always recommend it. It's, it's a small investment. We sell a lithium battery charger for $20, but it should work with just about any battery that, that we sell. So, uh, make that small investment on it and it just make your experience that much better. I was going to ask, uh, we're talking about different kinds of batteries. I noticed uh, that you have two different kinds of batteries that the technology is a little different. There's the like LIFO and then there's the other that is called NMC. N- NMC. Yep. Yep. You're spot on. So um, yeah, there are a lot of lithium chemistries out there, you know, lithium polymer, which uh, is used in, you know, RC cars and, and, uh, um, there's, there's one company in ice fishing using the polymer. And then, uh, the most common is lithium iron phosphate. That's the LAFEPO4. LAFEPO4 is the only lithium chemistry that will give you 12.8 volts. Um, all the other lithium, um, batteries out there will either give you, you know, when you, when you build them, they'll either give you 11.1 volts or 14.6. So we've even from in the, the pack in the day when we were originally testing batteries, we, you know, we, we put a lot of different technologies through the ringer. Lithium iron phosphate will probably always be the most popular. It, they give you the most amount of charge cycles, which is confusing too, but you know, they're rated at like 2000 plus charge cycles, um, which I tell people don't expect to get 2000 charge cycles out of a battery. There, there's so many factors that determine that, but um, they're the only true 12.8. So they'll work with all of your LED lights. They'll work with all of your fishing electronics. Um, when it comes to the NMC, the advantage of that and why we created a 14.8 volt battery is because a, they, they're, they're what's called a, their higher energy density. So you can get a higher capacity battery at a higher voltage battery in a smaller, lighter form factor. Um, so where that, the advantage of that is really when it comes to your live systems, your Garmin, your Lawrence and, and Hummingbird live systems that draw a lot of power, you can create a smaller battery pack with higher capacity and a slightly higher voltage and not to get too complex with it, a higher voltage battery. All that means is your units drawing less amps. Mm-hmm. Right. So you get longer run times out of it. So it's a very efficient battery or type of battery. It's, uh, you know, it's more so for that high end user, you know, and it's not going to be recommended in a lot of cases because they can only be used in fishing electronics because they charge up to 16.8 volts. You try to run your clam light bars and your, your, or your, uh, your otter bar, you know, lights off of those. And I can tell you that you'll probably burn up the light. So, um, yeah do notice or do note that when, when buying a, a battery that you want to use universally with everything, 12.8 volt is probably the best okay. thing for you. Yeah. That 14.8 volt is just for the extreme user who running the live systems that want to maximize your, your operating times. Now lithium will, they'll keep that 12.8 volts all the way through, right? Until it dies or does it drop off slightly like lead acid does? So the, that NMC technology will start off at 16.8 and it will slowly or gradually drain down to 11. Lithium iron phosphate, this 12.8 volt battery will actually, you know, they'll charge to close to 14 volts. 
um, as soon as you put them on your piece of fishing electronics, like I could turn on my, my uh, Vexlar in front of me here and it'll sit at 13 volts almost the entire time I'm using it until that battery starts maybe in the last like 20% of its, of its life will drop in voltage. That's one advantage of this 12.8 volt lithium iron phosphate technology is that they'll stay at a steady voltage all the time. Um, it just gives you ultimate performance. You don't have to worry about low voltage. Um, and, uh, you know, it just gives you consistent performance while you're using it. The downside of it is you don't always know how much life and capacity you have left because, uh, when that, when, when a lithium battery dies, it, you know, it'll just shut down. So, you know, that's one downside of it, but, but honestly, if you size correctly and charge before every use, it's, it's something you really don't have to worry about. So how does the technology in these batteries like compare to like a DeWalt drill pack? Is that the yep. same kind of battery? Is it different? Yeah, DeWalt drill packs use an NMC, um, okay. but where they perform the same is like, you know, when I, when I explain lithium batteries and they'll say, yes, it'll work great. And then all of a sudden it'll just die and stop. People are like, oh yeah, just like your drill batteries. Yep, mine so, does that. <laughs> right. Every, almost every lithium battery pack you buy out there today, with the exception of people that are in like RC car sports and stuff, will have what's called a built-in battery management system. It's this little computer board that will protect the battery. So okay. in a DeWalt drill, in all of our batteries and all of our competitors' batteries out there, they have that piece of technology. So like when this battery reaches 10 volts, it just shuts down that protects the battery from draining too low to where you cause damage to it. And that's one of the right. reasons why lithium batteries just last so long. You cannot overcharge them because the BMS protects you from that. You cannot draw too much power out of them because the BMS protects you from that. Okay. And you can't drain it too low. So that technology or that, that built-in BMS um, really protects the battery. It doesn't protect your components as much as you say, but you know, protects it from short circuit protection and all that. So that's why drill batteries and these fishing electronics batteries are very similar. They'll just shut down um, to protect themselves. So you don't ruin them. So if we, if I was going to look for quality of construction, like how do I know what's a good lithium battery? Cause there's a lot of options on the market, right? Now. Oh yeah. It's, it's expanded out. Um, and now you see YouTube videos out there, people tear down batteries you know, and try to tell you what's high quality and what's not. And that's actually a really poor representation or way to, to prove in, in there's, there's a lot of people that do it right. And there's a lot of people that do that wrong. Um, but you can't simply tear open a battery and say, oh my gosh, this battery is better than this one. Yeah. In, in a way you, you can and can't do that. Um, or you cannot just test this battery once straight out of the box and say, this is a high quality or this is a low quality battery. High quality batteries versus low quality. And there's a huge difference. They're not all made in the same factory. Everybody thinks that, oh, they're all made in the same factory overseas, same guts, everything. They just slap a different label on them. Well, that's, that's completely untrue. There are, you know, in a battery that we make, we determine how this is made um, down to the type of cells that we use, the type, the quality of the battery management system, and then how it is built. So, um, those are three quality components, the BMS quality, the cell quality, and the build quality. And some companies do very well at all three. Some may do one or some may not at all. So a lot of the cheaper batteries you find on like Amazon, eBay, they're direct from China. They're just mass produced batteries made for whatever you want to use it for. 
the construction of ours, we use grade A, just means it's not a used cell. It's a high quality cell and they're matched, right? When you have a bunch of cells inside of here, you want to make sure that they're all matched for, for, for um, you know, the proper voltage, for proper capacity and so on. So we match all of our cells. We build in a high quality construction. So that way, you know, this can take a beating. You're going to have it out in the ice. You're going to have it maybe down to negative 40 degrees all the way up to maybe 130, 140 degrees. Um, so it's made to withstand those conditions, made to withstand vibration and have a high quality battery management system to protect the cells and, you know, reverse polarity protection and all that. And a lot, not a lot of them have that out there or they use used or, or lower quality products. So there's a huge huge difference from, from one, one brand to the next. Um, one thing I can say is that, you know, we determine what goes in our, all of ours. Um, we have employees that oversee production. So these are not just a generic, like Chinese battery that, that, that'll come in and we slap a label on. So we go through, we do our, all of our own engineering right here in the U S um, all lithium batteries are made overseas. Um, we don't, you know, we don't hide that whatsoever. We put that, you know, made in China on on all the batteries. But uh, but we determine that process. We have employees over the seas that oversee uh, the quality of the build and and the end result coming to us here. So um, that's really important when looking at a lithium battery company. I can't say that for for all the batteries out there. You know, not to not to really knock them, but um, yeah, there are some definitely some quality differences out there. Um, but we try to keep it as affordable as possible. If you look at our cost per amp hour, it's one of the best out there in the industry. Okay. Um, and that's important to us. And we're able to do that through obviously, you know, mass quantities, um, that, that we build and, and you can see, we don't have massive advertising budgets and, and we don't, we, we spend our money on re-engineering <laughs> the product, um, um, versus living lavish lifestyles and, and, and all, and all that. So, um, we, we, we have fun with this and we're, we're just uh, trying to kind of grow the industry. The last question I had specifically about batteries and Jeff, then you chime in, if you have any, or Matthew, if I forgot anything, let me know is what's next. Like we're at this point in time where there's a lot of on going on with this. It's been around a couple of years now. What's the next big, big innovation that you see in battery technology? Yeah, that's that's a pretty loaded loaded question. I mean, I don't want you giving any way trade secrets, obviously. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we experiment with a lot of stuff, and if you can only see um, some of the shells we have back here, we have a lot of Frankenstein stuff back here. This technology has been around for a long time. Lithium iron phosphate's been around since the mid '90s. It started to become more available and um, more what should I say, cost effective over the last like five years. Um, so you're going you're gonna to start to see growth with this in a lot of the technology that we use today. Marine, you know, you probably won't be able to buy a boat without lithium in it five years down the road, right? We see the advancements in electronic car technologies and they'll continue to advance that. Um, the reason why you're probably not going to see a lot of those advanced lithium technologies in what we're doing today is because this works great. And a lot of the advancements out there are very expensive and they might be 10, 20 years down the road. So I don't think you're really going to see a whole lot of advancement here. Um, you know, after all the work we've done over the last few years in a small form factor battery, the best that was out there was 10 amp hours. And we've, exceeded that now with a 15 amp hour battery 
but it's it's I don't really see it going much further than that just because uh, I don't think technology is going to advance fast enough for that to really change. So I think we've kind of seen the wall as far as how much capacity you can put in a small little battery. Um, I think you'll see a lot of, you know, you're seeing companies doing other things with them, like, you know, putting other technologies in the batteries. And I don't like doing that because it adds a lot of complexity um, to this. So um, you may not see that a lot, you know, a lot of that stuff from us, but you'll see accessories that'll go with this to make these easier okay. to use. Or, you know, um, like I've got, and you know, in, in front of me, we're, we're starting to produce and sell this here, you know, a, a universal USB charger you can put right on the front of your flasher so you can charge sure. USB phones and GoPros because people are using that. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, you'll see a lot of accessories become available for these batteries. Okay. Um, where I really think you're going to see it excel is, is in open water more so than ice fishing. I think ice fishing, we're always ahead of the game. <laughs> I've seen that. In like kayak. Yeah. Ice fishing kayak to, to, I mean, we were using, I think Garmin live scopes on the ice before people were really utilizing them in boats. Yeah. I, I, I really think we're that. ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're definitely ahead of, of, of most of the other industries in the rest of the U S and world. So I think you'll really see this excel in boats, in kayaks, um, and everything else that we're using every day from golf carts to RVs to, you know, who knows what, anything that where you're powering something with a battery, you really see that technology expand in, into those categories. Jeff, what did I forget to ask him? I think this year you guys actually upped your, the batteries capacities, right? They used to be a little smaller and you kind of added a little extra to them. Yeah, we, yeah, we've, we've been working on that for the last couple of years. Um, and there are ways to do it. Um, you know, effectively we could have done it years ago, but we didn't feel comfortable with it. Um, and this, you know, this last year we went from 12 to 15 amp hours. Uh, we were the first one, you know, everyone else had a nine or 10 amp hour battery. We released a 12. Um, then we saw some of our competitors catch up and they re released a 12. We released a 15. So I think that's really maximized what we're going to get out of, out of the battery pack in that size. Cause you, you just cannot fit anything else into that battery pack unless <laughs> something really advances. Um, so yeah, we've gone up to 15 amp hours in a small form factor, you know, our 18 amp hour went to a 20 amp hour, not a huge advancement, but, um, I think if you, you know, if you did a discharge test in our 20 amp hour battery, you'll see it exceeds those expectations. So, um, yeah, we're, we're just trying to really give the consumer the most for their money, um, and size and weight. Um, and, and that's what we've really engineered and worked on, you know, throughout the past. And, um, you know, there's, there's nothing else you know, you could really add to this battery pack. I mean, it's, it's, it's full inside. Um, and, you know, some companies, like I said, they're putting like, you know, USB or Bluetooth and stuff like that in their batteries to make them more attractive. Um, you know, like I said, that adds a lot of complexity, but it also takes up a lot of space. We focus on capacity, right? We want to give you the most for the size and form factor and money out there that money can buy. Um, so yeah, we've done that with those two models. You'll see it also in our, um, open water series uh, probably this next season you'll see some advancements there where we made batteries smaller or higher capacity and smaller form factors as well very cool mm -hmm. anything we forgot to ask you biggest uh, things you know we've gone through you know how to size the battery like i said we have that information on our website it's a really easy tool we talk about charging charging is really important because because people ask about that all the time you know do i need a lithium charger and i say yes just spend the $20 and get a, you know, the, the right charger for it. And the other question is, can I, um, 
can I charge these below freezing? So lithium batteries are how do they perform in below freezing temperatures? And lithium batteries are actually more advanced than lead acid in actually being used below freezing, uh, but you shouldn't charge them below freezing. Um, it, the batteries can be charged below freezing to an extent, um, but if you do it often um, or an extreme cold, um, it can cause a plating on them to decrease the life expectancy of that battery. So it's always recommend bring your batteries in, let them warm up and then charge them. Um, so th that's an important piece, but they're, you know, they excel in extreme cold temperatures. We've tested down to, I think the coldest I fish is negative 30. Um, okay. and you know, you don't see incredible loss in, in capacity or, or, um, or performance. So, um, that's, that's where the lithium batteries really excel. Well, you, you brought up a good point on the charging because I, I have my garage is unheated and unattached yep. to the house. So I wouldn't want to leave something on a maintainer, for example, on the shelf in the garage. I'd want to make sure I bring that inside when mm -hmm. I charge it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, between, okay. you know, if it's lithium, it's always good to bring it in um, yeah, to, to charge you charging above 32 degrees. You're going to get, you're going to get the best charge on the battery and you're not going to decrease the life expectancy of the product. I don't know if I've ever warrantied a battery out because somebody charged a below freezing, but I can tell you that long-term, you know, it can have long-term impacts on that battery's performance. Um, the, the other piece, like you said, leave it on maintain with, with lithium batteries, they are different than lead acid where a lead acid battery, if you're not using it for a long period of time, it's good to have that charge on it. Um, with lithium batteries is after they receive a full charge, they like to, what I call breathe a little bit of rest. Um, so when a battery is fully charged, um, it's always good to pull it off of that charger or if you're storing okay. for a long period of time, not to leave it stored on the charger. Lithium batteries over over time when not in use will not lose capacity like your lead acid batteries. Oh, so really? Might only, okay. Yeah. So if I left this battery on the shelf for six months, I'd be surprised if I lost 10% of its battery's capacity, you know, battery capacity over that okay. time. So uh, it's not important to leave this on a charger. In fact, it's better not to leave it on a charger, but it is good to keep lithium batteries active. So, you know, if you are going to be storing it six months or 12 months, try to put a charge on that battery like every, you know, three months or so uh, just to keep that battery active or try to use it year round if you possibly can. Okay. So, yeah. so you're going to have to go fishing. You're like, I got to go fishing. I got to charge my battery. It's required. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If there's a significant other, you know, give you a reason to get out. You know, I spent all that money on those lithium batteries. I got to use them before they go bad. So we, we don't <laughs> talk about the money we spend on fishing and hunting. You're married. You know this. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's hidden. <laughs> it's not a conversation. It's a safety <laughs> issue. We, we, Unless it's right. a safety issue. Yes. yes. Right, right, so right. you're saying they're safer than lead acid because they're not going to spill in the back of your car and eat through the carpet, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Okay. Yes, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I, and I kind of warned you this might be coming. We, we really like to hear from our guests when they come uh, to tell us their fa favorite ice fishing story. Do you, do you come prepared with a, a good story for us today? Yeah, so my favorite ice fishing story is, um, I didn't really think of, of one, but one always comes to mind. You gotta do your homework. Um, yeah, <laughs> so so still my my biggest, I like to fish walleye. And, you know, since starting this company in, in, in well, 2018, that's when I started having kids. And when you work in the industry, you know, you're, you're busy during the busiest times of the year, so you don't get to get out as much as you used to. But um, I like to walleye fish, uh, like like to, to fish uh, panfish. 
And um, I, you know, as much of a walleye guy as I am, I always try to beat my record, which was, believe it or not, the best walleye I ever caught or biggest walleye I ever caught was up the Lake of the Woods. The first, the first day I ever ice fished was like a 27 and a half inch walleye. Nice. Um, and I've been in a boat and I've been in an ice shack and I've fished so much where others have just crushed that. Right. Um, yet to this date, still never once caught a fish larger than the first day I ever went ice fishing, um, up in the Lake of the Woods. And, um, it was, uh, you know, they say, they say at Lake of the Woods, fish don't, the fish don't bite at night. And I think it happened at about 8 PM, right? They bite so, at night. I've been oh telling no. Jeff this for years. Oh, I, did no. Not, oh I, no. I did not pay him to say that. I did not pay him to say that. <laughs> yep. Yep. They, it, it bit at night and, um, you know, it, usually at yeah five o'clock it turns off and that's when the party starts. That's and, what they all say. And yeah, yeah, but I just felt like I had to keep my my rod rod in a rod holder and and set the drag a little loose. And the next thing you know, we we heard that thing whining, and I think it probably took fifteen minutes with the the state of the art technology we had. Oh, that was probably 15, 17 years ago, right? With ice rods, the state of the art technology we had at that point in time, but we did catch it on camera. And uh, we, yeah, I do have that, that memory um, still on film today, but that was probably my, 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 my most memorable experience um, out there that I'm still trying to beat to this day. No, I love it. I love it. I love yeah. it. The fact that you caught it at eight o'clock at night on Lake of the Woods. Because mm -hmm. my my friend, my whole group, they swear they're oh just catch an eel pout, catch an eel pout. Miles will go back, just burning propane is what yes. Olio is. is. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Jason's like just a little bit longer. We're like, no, it's that lake of the woods. It's this thing like they shut off. Always make me go <laughs> in. All right. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate yeah. you coming on the show, sharing your knowledge from Amped Outdoors and your battery technology. Yeah, absolutely. And if anybody uh, listening has questions that, you know, we didn't answer here, I mean, you could always reach out to us, sales at ampedoutdoors.com, ampedoutdoors.com. We have live chat and all that. Um, we're known for support, even if it's not for our product or you just have basic questions, um, reach out to us. Uh, we'll, we'll be able to assist you. Um, and uh, yeah, if you get to an ice show, stop by, say hi. Um, otherwise, uh, hopefully see everybody out in the ice. All right. Soon. We'll catch you Soon. at the St. Paul Ice Fishing Show. Absolutely. We'll see you there. All right. Thanks, thanks. a lot. Yeah, thank you. I want to give a big thanks to Matthew for taking the time to talk to us about lithium batteries. I know I learned a lot. I'm, I keep thinking about them. I've got one more lead acid that when it dies, I think I'll get it replaced with lithium. So, from what, I don't think I'll buy another lead acid. One. Yeah, but I'm going to let the ones I've got die. Yes, agreed. Yeah, I think it's the next round that'll... And same thing for the boat. That's going to be, I don't know how I'm going to. Oh, trolling motor for my my Amped Outdoors trolling motor battery. I would love it. Yeah. Yeah. I've got two uh, 27 series up in the front of my boat. And that's a lot of weight. Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be easier to lose the weight on the batteries than the weight on myself. <laughs> <laughs> Again, pillow with legs. Pillow with legs. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Tight lines. Cheers. 
five. You've been listening to the Hard Water Fishing Show with Jeff and Jason. Say goodbye. One of the most unique podcasts on the planet where we talk about tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Till then, signing off. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.